but I ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> that was not the problem with the car. It had plenty of gas in it last night. Um, Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Saw that. Um, but Real quick, I do want to address this. Hey, can you ask plank it's me i read the text too we so josh and i have the air comfort solutions text page always pulled up and we'll pick and choose different names or different ones that we put on our prep page but can you talk about the article that john hoover had yesterday that said that oklahoma was losing both taylor snow and kinsey hansen hansen was a junior and i haven't heard that she was leaving so i was just curious Kinsey Hansen isn't leaving. I don't know. Taylor Snow has graduated and moved on, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if that was just a. I I I think it gets a little confusing because there are so many players that maybe you thought, oh, their time is done. I can't tell you. We've joked about it on this show, but how many people had reached out and said, hey. Um, Grace Lyons, is she back next year? Grace Green, is she back? I, I, I don't know who've listened, so. Nicole May. <laughs> hey, hey, is Nicole May in the transfer portal? Is she going to Oregon? Yeah, as far as, as, as I know, and I haven't talked to Kinsey in a minute, but, yeah, she's she's not going anywhere. She's pretty set here at Oklahoma. It's big time. And you think about, think about that infield next year, wherever Torres ends up. Hanson behind the plate, the pitching staff loaded. Maybe Torres is your first baseman. Maybe Brito's your first baseman. Torres or Brito at third. Lions at short. Jennings at second. <laughs> Come on now. Jada Coleman in center. They're going to be the preseason number one team. What uh, is Oklahoma's scholarship situation right now? Do they have any roster spots? So, I okay. Can I play dumb? I don't know. I don't know. Because there are – a couple of talented players that jumped into the transfer portal just recently, and it's like any player that's good that jumps into the transfer portal now, you're kind of like, well, I wonder if I wonder if OU's interested. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get that. The the young the young woman that jumped in the portal from Arizona State. Texas A&M, call. the catcher. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a great question. But, yeah, K- Kinsey's not going anywhere, and I'm really excited for her future. Was it in the Alina Torres article? Maybe it was. I was trying to scroll through it and see it, but yeah. And here's another thing that I'll just say. Oh, maybe he fixed it because he doesn't have her listed on here. With senior Grace Lines back at shortstop, it's likely Torres will replace graduating senior Jana Jan- Johns at third base. She could also play first if needed, as though you lost both Taylor Snow and Lindsey Elam at that position. So I don't know if it was something that got edited or maybe. Yeah, probably just. not. Maybe you read it wrong. Just kidding. I'm just kidding, dude. It's great. I, it, hey, it was a, it was enough of a text uh, for the two eight one that shook me enough to check on it. So, <laughs> yeah, Kinsey's. Uh, can I just say this about Kinsey? Her grandpa listens to this show every single day. Really? And he he knows it. I've told him he's one of my favorite dudes on the planet, which is a growing list of people, right? <laughs> it's a massively growing list of people in that category of my favorite dudes on the planet, but he's it. And when I, when I am, when I am a grandfather, I want to be a grandpa like him. That's the kind of grandpa I want to be. 
So, what kind of grandpa is he? Awesome, <laughs> an awesome grandpa. <laughs> All right, let's. Um, you want to hit the Newcastle top five stories of the day? I don't want to hustle through anything, but hit hit. Here we go. Uh, with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. It's time for the top five stories of the day, which, as always, is brought to you by our good friends at Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real R E E L gamers come to play. Newcastle Casino, top five stories of the day. Here we go. Big story number five. Number five. Uh, two quick sooner notes here. A big story number five. Number one. I haven't sent him a congratulatory text yet, but I'm doing it as soon as I'm done to say kudos to Clay Van Hook, who is expected to be named the next head coach at UTA. Stud. He's been the Sooners hitting coach, third base coach, and is expected to be hired as the next head coach at UTA. Great personality, awesome recruiter, five seasons as an OU assistant coach, um, Joined the Sooners after six years at Rice and a pretty solid, pretty salty playing career at Texas. So kudos to Clay Van Hook, according to reports, the new head coach at UTA, which, by the way, price of success. Found that at allsooners.com. Check out my guy Hoove's website. Big story number four. Number four. Speaking of OU notes, congratulations to uh, our good friend and – one of my favorite dudes on the planet, Kyle Walton, and uh, head coach Lindsey Gray Walton and the entire OU volleyball staff who announced their non-conference schedule today. The Sooners open their 2022 slate with a team exhibition on Saturday, August 13th at McCaslin Fieldhouse. Second exhibition game against Central Arkansas. They'll actually travel to Fort Smith on August 19th. And they'll host a tournament to kick the season off against Gonzaga, Iowa, and FIU. Josh, Iowa. You'll be able to just go down the street to cover an Iowa team. I love it. I don't know what the clicks are like for Iowa volleyball, but here you go. Let's go. Yeah, it'd be, you know, if we could maybe get, like, women's basketball down here would be more helpful. Uh, OU continues its non-conference slate with a tournament in Nashville, Tennessee. OU opens the tournament against Ball State on Friday, September 2nd. Uh, for ticket information, go to Soonersports.com. Let's see here. Where's the conference season start? Texas, September 24th in Austin. Home opener in conference play, September 28th against Kansas. OU Volleyball. Big year. They got a really talented roster. I'm excited about it. All right. Big story number three. Number three. Yesterday, on the Steel Man and Thune show at noon, Parker Thune was live. From Fort Worth, Texas. And then in that, he was live on Locked In from Fort Worth, Texas. And it was all about the commitment of Samuel Omosigo. Yes, it was. Now, I understand that we have a cut. Yeah, we we're can ready. Play. Here's Samuel Omosigo, the newest member of the Sooners, a linebacker from Crandall, Texas, with our own Parker Thune. And the question, of course, Ooh. why? <laughs> Oklahoma, on my first visit on... The 5th of March, uh, that should be off my feet with the, the spiritual aspect, the, the mental aspect, the athletic aspect, and Oklahoma being Oklahoma and how good their program is. coming, And then a new head coach that has been successful at his program coming into this new program, making it his own, it's different. Oklahoma being a Big 12 school that has converted to the SEC really like brings me some joy because that's the, that's the best. That's the best of the best. And 
going against the best of best proved that you are also on that care on that caliber and on that tier. So that really that really fires me up. Does this fire are we are we happy now? Is everyone in a little bit of a better place now after almost Seago yesterday? No, we're we're still mad. We we got to keep adding. You kidding me? That's it. Meanwhile, um, boy, I like that kid though. That's that's too. cool. That's cool to hear. Meanwhile, you, you know, oh. getting a player that wants to be a part of playing the SEC, right? Playing the best. It's just, it's just fantastic, it's, isn't it? It's kind of cool to hear the embracing of those expectations outside of hearing people question and try to dodge it. It's just really cool to see. It warms your heart as you get set for the Nathan's hot dog eating competition. Bro, I'm going to eat so many hot dogs this weekend, too. There have been frozen hot dogs in my freezer for like a year, and I love hot dogs. Love them. My wife will never make them. She's like, you don't need hot dogs. Oh, I'm. And <laughs> this I'm gr- weekend, baby. Uh, and I'm grilling them, too, so look <laughs> out. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Jackson Arnold won the Elite 11 MVP. You, you pick which order you want to go in these Jackson Arnold. Yeah, let's cuts. talk to him about winning the Elite 11 MVP. And it sounds like, well, this. It's been awesome. This has been a fantastic three days. It's almost like a like a dream, you know. When I was a little kid, I used to watch this on YouTube and always knew one day this is where I wanted to be. And these past few days have been nothing short of amazing. It's always interesting to find out what you think about yourself coming into an event like this where you got the best talent in the country at your position. And then you get into night one and you get into day two and you start feeling your way when did you go from thinking, I just want to go compete in this thing, to, man, I really think I can win this thing? Definitely after night one, I kind of, I guess, gauged my competition and kind of saw that I was I was throwing good. Uh, I was throwing good Tuesday. And I was like, man, I'm on. I'm, I have a really good shot to go win this thing. How do you package up what you did here and what you learned here and take it into your senior season? And then what you what do you ultimately want to tell Sooner fans, I guess? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I learned this year or this uh, this week about maybe footwork, um, mechanics. I learned a lot that I can take back to my college coaches and even concepts and plays. I can take take back to my high school coaches and say, you know, we should run this. You know, it worked really good in seven on seven here. And uh, to Sooner fans, I'm super excited. Like, there's no place I'd rather be. Pump for that kid. See. That's what a real quarterback sounds like. He's not out there putting a tweet on Twitter about how he committed Ar- uh, to Texas. He's doing it. Where it was Arch Manning. Didn't see him. Well, because he's scared of competition. That's right. He knew Jackson Arnold was going to shove it in his face. Take that, Malachi <laughs> That's Nelson. Right. Rub his nose in it. Hey, right, big story. Oh, so congrats, Jackson Arnold, Elite 11. And, oh, no, I threw the, I threw the sheet. Still. Oh, no, we've lost all of our best late plans. Still, still, still he had phonetically spelled out how to say the, the kid's name. Omosigo. Samuel Omosigo. Thanks, I, I still have mine. You still have yours. <laughs> yeah, right. we're good. Uh, big story number two. Number two. Oh. All right, so on the Oklahoma City Thunder side of things, the big story in NBA free agency yesterday, Josh, was the commitment to Lou Dort, whom surprisingly was in many of all y'all's trade – projections to move up in the draft and they ended up giving him 17 and a half they gave him a huge contract for what i thought that maybe his worth truly was but they seem committed when you have the conversation when you have the conversation about cornerstone pieces well now he is one he's one of your cornerstone pieces yeah i mean this uh this contract by the Oklahoma City Thunder is a clear indication of that, that with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, and now some of these young guys you've drafted, that's 
a big piece of the core that you're trying to build here going forward. Um, I think it's an overpay, but that's just me. It's just you. I kind of agree. Meanwhile, as of this morning, as of this morning, we have a couple of other moves. Zach Levine has indeed re-signed with the Bulls a five-year, $215 million max contract. Wow. Uh the often injured yet when playing very effective Yusuf Nurkic has signed a four-year $70 million deal with the Trail Blazers to stick in Portland. And we wait. We wait to see what happens with one Kevin Durant, who has made it known that he wants to be traded. Where's he going to wind up? Um, I tell you last night, I got a, I got a tweet read. I'm going to play when I tried to get a Kevin Durant Oklahoma City trade rumor going. I'll play that for you when we come back. I got to hunt it. I've got to go on my other device. I saw our man Nate Fakin reached out to several sources who basically said, yeah, never would Kevin Durant come back to OKC. And, and again, I think maybe we should make that clear. I don't think that's OKC saying no. How could you say no when you have that kind of uh, – when you have that kind of repertoire, when you have that kind of arsenal to be able to go and get him, this seems as if Durant has about five or six places that he wants to go, and those are the only places he's going to end up. Sure. I want to – what happened in Brooklyn? You know, they did everything he wanted. Well, what happened was he thought he was going to be winning championships with Kyrie and instead, in part because of Kyrie Irving not getting vaccinated. Right. His vaccination status. The whole thing was submarined, and – you know what, the the folks out there on ESPN, SportsCenter, whatever, kind of everywhere I was uh, watching and listening to last night, the impact of Golden State winning this latest championship, I guess was a, has been a big factor for Kevin Durant in okay, making that makes this some trade sense. request. He's frustrated that things have not played out the way that he wanted them to play out with Brooklyn, and now he's looking for a different home. I like this headline from Deadspin. Kevin Durant wants a new team to front run for. <laughs> it really grabs your attention. Um, yeah, I. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I. Some people have floated Toronto as being a place, and, and here's the thing: Brooklyn is not just giving him away. I mean, they've they want an opportunity. They're they're going to get players back. And we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. All right. Um. We'll have more on that later. Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Happy Fourth of July. That's it. In your opinion, Josh Helmer, um, would you say that you were as surprised as I was with the move of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten? You've been pretty consistent. You weren't. No. No. You know, it's just – Another domino was going to fall eventually. And I think you and I have discussed it on this show that I said when we've talked about Klaibkoff and why is he this big visionary, I've made the, made the remark to you in the past, well, Klaibkoff better make sure that he's got USC and Oregon locked down and tethered to this Pac-12 conference and that they're both happy. And lo and behold, he didn't, right? Mm-hmm. He uh, failed to keep USC satisfied, and now, boom, here they go. 
not even in the dead of the night, in the matter of a couple of hours from about, I don't know, noon on yesterday, USC and UCLA gone. It's just the money talks, man. It's the world we live in right now with college athletics. Geography, regionality, for the most part, does not matter. And what matters is making sure you're a part of the Big Ten or the SEC. That's what matters to the brands right now. That's right. Can we go? Can we go in depth on this more? The air cover. I, okay, so I picked three people who I consider to be my most trusted sources in Big Ten and SEC country, and I asked them all the same question. You're adding four teams hypothetically to get to twenty in the Big Ten and the SEC. Who are you adding? Who are you wanting? I'll give you what each. I need a fourth. I need another Big Ten. Bobby hasn't replied to me yet. But we'll figure out who can be another maybe Big Ten edition and what direction the SEC might be looking. It's a plank show right now. Steelman goes to his first break. I think we're going to be rolling down the windows and cranking this up. It's a good Fourth of July song. Oh, it is. It's got some barbecue vibes to it, doesn't it? I know a lot of people out there screaming, this is not the band. It's not. It's Weezer, but it's still. Do you want to hear what John Wilner just said about the future of Oregon and Washington? I would love to hear from the Pac-12 hotline. I think this might work. Uh, you know, from from what I have been able to gather the last you know twenty four hours, especially the last twelve hours, uh, I don't I don't think the Big Ten is planning on adding any more schools anytime soon. Like, we should not expect to Oregon or Washington to be moving on. Hearing that Oregon and Washington are moving on in the next couple months. I think if the, if the Big Ten's going to make any other moves, I think we're a couple years away from that. And I also think they will almost assuredly involve Notre Dame, right? And so if Oregon or Washington are going to get into the Big Ten eventually, it would be with Notre Dame and maybe others, right? Because uh, if you're going to expand, you've got to add two or four. You know, you need an even number. So I, I think Oregon and Washington at this point need to – the fans need to come to grips with the reality that they are, for the time being, in the, you know, deep, dumbed down, not wrong word, it, smaller, uh, lesser version of the Pac-12. Unless the SEC is interested. So, um, I reached out to four people, two in the Big 12, or two in the Big 10, two in the SEC. One of them, I'll just, I mean, I don't think they mind me saying one is my, my buddy Rob, <laughs> the most ardent, diehard OU fan I know. One was Toby. I reached out to Jessica Cootie and Bobby Carpenter. I've heard back from three so far waiting on the fourth. And I asked this very simple question. You're adding four teams, hypothetically, each to get to 20 in the Big Ten in the SEC. Who are you adding in the SEC? Let's start there. Josh, you're four. And and I I think I get to pick any four that I want, any four that you want, but that are not a part of the Big Ten in the SEC right now. Right, right, right. But it appears as if both SEC responses did so under the notion that Notre Dame's off the table. That Notre Dame went to the Big Ten. So let's say Notre Dame went to the Big Ten in both of these. You've got four teams you're adding. Notre Dame's not a possibility in the SEC conversation. Because Notre Dame's number one, right? If Notre Dame comes, then it changes everything to the Southeastern. Well, and that's the first pick for everybody. Right, exactly. 
So, okay, if Notre Dame's off the table. Josh Helmer goes with? Clemson. Right. Clemson with Florida State. And then probably Miami as well. Okay. And, you know, from there, a number of different directions you could go. Did you get a funny text back? Yeah, uh, apparently it's closer from Rutgers to Iceland than it is from Rutgers to L.A. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> That's amazing. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, let me give you these two. All right, I you ready? Think, I think Oregon's intriguing, but it's just such an outpost. Both. I don't of, know if the SEC would do it. Both of the respondents, as we mentioned, did so with the understanding that Notre Dame's off to the Big Ten. So, here's the first one. Excuse me. <laughs> Did I just hiccup on the air? It's All okay. Right. I forgive you. Here, here's the first one. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and Oklahoma State. Yeah. That's the first one. Here's the other one. Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and Wake Forest. Interesting. Wouldn't have never thought of Wake Forest. No. I think um, – I think, Pittsburgh? I think Virginia or Pittsburgh might be viewed as a little bit more intriguing Just than because Wake of the markets? Exactly. Yeah. Big Ten side. i got to scroll a little bit. This has been an ongoing Who conversation. Who should the Big Ten add? Right. Oregon and Washington are no-brainers. Right. Because you need dance partners with USC and UCLA. Correct. Notre Dame? Uh, obvious no-brainer. Can I tell you the four? Okay, so you hit from the, the Big Ten respondent who have all reached out. You hit three of the four on the button. And I Washington, think- Washington, Oregon, and Notre Dame. But who would that fourth be? Well, I mean, I think you're still going after the same same piece of the pie. I think you want Clemson. I'm not – I mean, look, I'm trying to have the best media rights deal that I can possibly have. And just because Clemson would be a natural fit with the SEC, I'm going after Clemson. I'm going after the big bad boys of college football, and Clemson has turned itself into that. Florida State would be intriguing for the Big Ten, too, just because obviously they don't have a piece of Florida. So that would add another – major couple of markets Miami right I mean Miami would be interesting for the Big Ten Notre Dame obviously and then I think you you do want to add two more West Coast teams to pair with USC and UCLA yeah exactly and you get the Seattle market with Washington so Oregon Washington Notre Dame and this Big Ten responded added Stanford you know Stanford is a constant winner of the Learfield Cup they are good in every sport. They just don't have a passionate following. They don't. And maybe they have an underrated following, but it's not a loud following. It's not people that get involved. It's not people that make some noise. They don't have great crowds. They don't. So that'd be an interesting one. I don't think I think I don't think Stanford's in play here. I think no. I think Kansas is more in play than Stanford. I totally but that's agree. Me. That's me. I think I think the it's wild to say this, but I think Kansas basketball would matter a lot more to the Big Ten than say the downfall of their football program. Yes, I really I think having that piece. Could you imagine? Well, 
you can justify adding Kansas if you're adding Notre Dame with them. Right. Which we've talked about in the past. Kansas isn't getting a ticket to any of these leagues unless they're attached at the hip with Clemson or with Florida State or Miami or, in the Big Ten's case, obviously Notre Dame. Right. But the basketball draw of Kansas will get them in the conversation. It will be a discussion. They won't be the first ad, and they're a tweener ad for both of these leagues. But because of how great basketball is, and again, like what Douglas Miles was texting us about. Mm -hmm. Good, great text, Douglas. The streaming side power of Kansas basketball is a big time ad. It is. To where you at least consider it. You'd have a conversation about it. I don't know that outside of just the geographical portion of Stanford and kind of their relationship with those other schools, I don't know that Stanford really adds a whole lot for you. I hate to say that, but that's just kind of what it is. All right, quick break. 11.32. Just just a little taste. I This this just popped up, and it's kind of funny because I think it's a very good question. Um, Hey, guys, just tuning in. Has the conversation started about scheduling? If we get mega conferences, do we have conference games only in football? That's exactly what you said. And uh, someone writes, you guys are ignoring the ACC grant of rights as well as the Big Ten Research University. Uh, Big Ten more likely to take Cal and Stanford than Oregon and Washington. Well, no, they're not. I don't think so. Not anymore. But but I also – I'll I, believe it when I see it. I also kind of believe that with the grant of rights, I hear what you're saying. But, I mean, even with what John Wilner said, you know, maybe we are going to hit pause here for a little bit. And I'm telling you right now, you don't think they're going to find a way out of those grants of rights? I mean, though, again, if ESPN's a major part of it and it's the SEC, you know, maybe the Ace, maybe ESPN says, no, no, you know, we're fine. You guys stay over here. We're going to make sure everything's good. We're going to read your TV contract for you. It's going to be fine. I don't know. Or maybe the, maybe the ESPN says, ah, you know what? We're going to put that money towards the SEC and you guys get out of it. The grant of rights for Notre Dame, while, yes, it does exist, it's basically how Plank feels about the salary cap in the National Football League. It's not a factor. It, it doesn't, doesn't really exist. exist. It doesn't exist. All right, quick break. It's Plank Show. I, I appreciate the ACC stand on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, but follow the money. The ACC's grant of rights is all about its TV deal and its TV network. And I understand that there will be lawyers, but if the if the SEC or Big Ten come calling, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Clemson, Florida State, and Miami are going to find a way out. Just my opinion. Well, and especially if if it's four schools from the uh, from the ACC that defect. I mean, are they going to punish all four of those schools, or does that? What does that do to the contractual language of the grant of rights? I don't, I don't know. Um, and I was thinking more from the Notre Dame perspective. And look, I, I was really kind of teasing around a little bit. Obviously, Notre Dame would be – they'd have to pay, you know, the penalty that's right there to the ACC for – if they join the Big Ten for not joining the ACC. That's written in stone. It's contractual. But uh, – they would still do it because guess what? They're going to come out ahead over the course of their, you know, 
pairing with the Big Ten. Yeah, and this is good um, from the 405. I really feel bad for the members of the ACC. Supposedly, if I hear it right, they're stuck. Those schools might need to come together to announce together that they're leaving the conference. That, again, that's what would happen. I mean, all, everyone that's talking, the, the grand rights, the grand rights, this. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely 100% right. But there's a way out of everything. This, this ain't Russia. It ain't North Korea. You can get out of anything. It's the reality of it. That and, TV deal is so bad. And it's the TV deal that all y'all wanted about six years ago because you wanted a network. So bad. Well, tell me how many times you've turned on the ACC network when it's not a game. Tell me how many times you've turned on the SEC network or Big Ten network when it's not a game. You just pining away to go watch the Paul Feinbaum show? No, probably not. Because it's so weird how he's just staring at the camera. It's like, why are we doing this, people? Radio on TV is so odd. But I, I digress. That's old man get off my lawn. Stuff. 2035 ACC Granite Rides. That's right. Hey, uh, we'll see you in 13 years, Clemson. Welcome no, we won't. <laughs> uh, Brian in Mitchell, South Dakota writes, in US, is USC and UCLA football the only teams going to the Big Ten? No, everything is. Everything is. I mean, this isn't just two football programs. I mean, everything is going. But it is just USC and UCLA if you're asking that. Oh, 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 I apologize. I apologize. Yes. I so might have far misread that. So, so far. far. And then we just played the John Wilner cut from Pac-12 Radio on Sirius XM that basically there, there's no real push to go get anyone else. According to that report. Yes. I, I still think inevitably we're getting to 20. I mean, that's code for we're going to see if we can get Notre Dame in here before we add Oregon and Washington. Um, Don't just, you think? Yeah. What What do you make of this uh, text or tweet from John Wilner? Uh, USC Trojan Football Wire had its report. It's like no one knows the answer, but the question is being asked by everyone in college sports right now. Did Lincoln Rally know a Big Ten plan was in the works? John Wilner retweeted, I know the answer. Absolutely not. Wow. That Lincoln did not know. Hmm. By the way, Brian, I hope you enjoy uh, – you know, Toby does these incredible spotter boards for football, right? Puts them on um, this this incredible hardback piece of paper, and they're really well written, and, and, and they're a keepsake. Brian had asked – or I think Brian's daughter had reached out to me on Instagram and had asked for a score sheet. I'm like – there's really not much to my score sheets. <laughs> it's literally me keeping score and about sometimes I'll in in the middle of an inning be like, ah, you know, I'm good here. It's 12-0. I think we're okay. But I hope you enjoy the score sheet that I sent. I also sent in the box score from the game. Um from the 731. Hey guys, with Notre Dame, Oregon, Clemson, Florida State and several others being the bigger pieces left on the board, who falls in that next tier? Of joining realignment. Is it Louisville, Pitt, the Arizona schools? Where would you place those schools? Love listening to y'all. Hope the entire career has a great, safe holiday. Hey, you weekend. too. Thank you for that. Uh, I think all of those schools at the end there are kind of in that same group with your Kansases, your Oklahoma States, Texas Techs, Baylors of the world. There's Help me with this plank, this Go ahead. practice here. You got Notre Dame, you got Clemson, you got Florida State, you got Miami. North Carolina's sort of a maybe. Oregon, Washington. Those are the big pieces on the board, right? Absolutely. And then there's kind of everybody else. Oklahoma State, I think, would be in that next tier of very, very attractive. But if we're only getting to 20 in both the Big Ten and the SEC, I think. Oklahoma State's probably on the outside looking out. 
outside looking in. Kansas probably in that group. Pittsburgh, to me, is probably in that group. Virginia, probably in that group. Louisville, probably in that group. Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. I agree. But it's also going to be interesting to see. I mean, the Big 12, according to a Dennis Dodd report, has no interest in any kind of expansion right now for the Big 12, too. So I don't even know what they're – are they just saying, hey, we got our 12 teams now, 14 for the short term, 12 long term. We'll see how it plays out. I don't know. Would – would Kansas or Oklahoma State and Texas Tech and Baylor, would they say, yeah, thanks, uh, see you later, and would they join a reworked Pac-12 <sighs> instead of sticking here? Okay, I, 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 had put this, I hadn't talked about it yet, but I put this uh, just as I was going to bed last night. I put this poll up asking who is a better position moving forward, the Pac-12 or the Big 12, and 90% of you said the Big 12, which it would be funny if I put this poll out like you know a week ago and be like, oh. It's crazy talk. It's the Pac-12. Apparently, um, someone – by the way, stop Photoshopping players as superheroes. You're a nerd if you have Jarek the Hulk Canic fan as your profile pic. Anyway, um, you're right. It's probably the dumbest question ever. Pac-12 was already the worst with USC and UCLA. No, no, no they weren't. Stop it. No, they weren't. Having Los um, Angeles, pretty yeah, powerful pecking yeah. order. No, no, they weren't. Um, Marvin on the on the Twitter.com poll. Neither. If you're not in the SEC or Big Ten, you're playing for the 6-8 Division II championship. Obviously a Tulsa boy uh, at Tahlequah. Hey, there, there's nothing wrong with 6-8-2. Easy now. Uh, biscuits and gravy, right? I honestly think the Pac-12 just took its last breath. Oregon and Washington will be poached soon. And that'll be the nail in the coffin. If the Big 12 wants to survive, they better pick up Utah, Colorado, and the Arizona schools before someone else does. What about the brilliant George Klyvkov? What's he got up his sleeve? What does his trendsetter have? I actually think the the Big 12 is going to be okay. I do too. They're going to lose a couple more schools, I think, at some point. But it's going to be a natural add Arizona or Colorado or Utah and it'll be a glorified Mountain West when it's all said and done. When the final dominoes fall, mm-hmm. they, there will still be those collection of schools in a pretty good league, I think. Mike writes, the answer to your question is the Big 12. The real answer is neither. When the SEC and Big Ten get finished building their super conference, neither the Big 12 nor the Pac-12 will have any clout when it comes to the landscape and college sports, in my opinion. And they're both, I think, going to lose schools. Um, yeah. Hey, let me pose this. Is there a chance that the ACC can get proactive? Hear me out. But in all this talk about, oh, go get Clemson in Miami, why wouldn't the ACC say, what do you want us to do, ESPN? What if we go get Oregon and Stanford and extend our reach and then maybe in that talk to a – and I get it, the Big 12 is strong, but you kind of start maybe bridging that gap. It does completely defeat the purpose of Atlantic Coast Conference, but regionality doth not matter anymore. And if you all want to die on this hill of this grant of rights, why wouldn't they become more proactive? I mean, you just can't sit there with all this happening and not do anything, right? right? Yes, and I think there's a way to basically just turn it into one – Massive conference between the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC. 
and just kind of have it set up to where you rotate through playing different teams from each region and find a way to funnel that together and share the television revenue. Right. That's the future for the leftover schools. Two more real quick ones. Big 12 simply because they've had a year head start and they got BYU before the Pac-12 could. In the end, I think the Big 12 splits up a good bit with three to four teams going to the Pac and some going to the ACC. Uh, And then my man Ed Strong, who covers the uh, Pac-12 rights, is a Pac-12 fan. It's the Big 12. The only two programs left in the Pac-12 that can move the needle for realignment are UW and Oregon, who likely will move as a package deal. Hoping for the Big 10, but even Big 12 would be preferable. I think some combo of the Mountain Schools ending in the 12 is likely. I will say one thing that was a little bit frustrating yesterday, and it kind of shows you the the dangers of pre-taped shows on ESPN as I'm flipping. I got home. As soon as I got home, I wanted to turn on. I'm like, gosh, I want to see people talking about this. Um, This Just In, which is a show on ESPN, was talking about the Eagle player who commented about it being a dream team for like 10 minutes. So I flipped it to the herd. They were talking about the exact same thing for 10 minutes. So I flipped it to first take, which was a re-air from earlier this morning. So I thought, I'll listen to Jim Rome. And they're not talking about it, which is why the ref is here for you. When nobody else is talking about a major college football story, we've got you covered. And when UCLA and USC leave for another conference and the Big Ten strengthens like it did, it's a big deal. Boy, that big is uh, pretty bad on the Fox Sports side. Huh, they're live. They're saying they got Emmanuel Acho in studio, and Joy Taylor is literally it's like, this just seems crazy with this Philadelphia Eagles thing. And they talk about it for like 10 minutes. Well, and here's Never the deal. Never get to it. They need somebody to cut in and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, we got to get to this. Yeah, this is breaking news now. Let's chat. And unfortunately, I, you know, the, the two that you're talking about there, they're not equipped, I don't think. I think it's all scripted. And I think whenever you you try to go off script, it suddenly throws everything off. Right. I, Just like this show. That's right. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm taking all the scripts now and I'm throwing them away so Steely can't see all of our good stuff <laughs> yeah, that we had. That's right. We've got a lot in the cards, actually, for next Wednesday and beyond. We, we just, do. Um, we, don't want, we don't want our teammates stealing it here. I, I, I will say the my favorite – my favorite thing about this is the the OU fans who are relishing in Lincoln not knowing. But and I've, I've been talking a lot with some Big Ten peeps this morning, uh, talking a lot with Jess this morning. I think in the end, you've got to embrace it. You have to. If you're planning on now sticking along, around long-term at USC, <laughs> right. he, I mean, he'll be in the NFL in a couple of years if I mean, he can. You got, are there – if he's not excited about this. Are there issues involving the fact that you're a West Coast team and the major part of the Pac-12 or the um, Fox package with the Big Ten is a big noon kick? Sure. You don't want to be kicking games off at 9 a.m. local time, but guess what? You're going to be kicking games off at 9 <laughs> wow, a.m. local Eddie. time a lot. <laughs> After fighting this fight for as long as he did at OU, it's about to be even worse down there at USC. But I will say, I, I think either an NBA, an NBC or a CBS or someone's going to be involved in putting together a primetime package. And I would assume that a UCLA and a USC are going to be a regular part of that primetime package. But then in that same vein, with that primetime package, you are. Uh, you find yourself in a spot that, I guess, more than anything else, Josh, you're taken away from Fox. 
who is your major, major money make uh, provider? So I, we haven't even had a chance to talk about schedules and TV yet, but just still the what's next. Now. College football playoff. Yeah, does this now suddenly reintroduce the tw- is the twelve team playoff thing back alive? <laughs> is it no longer dead? Will is- we have a quote unquote college football playoff in the future? I mean, this might be the death of the college football playoff. Plank. Jo- oh, really? Oh, there's a conversation for Wednesday. Hold on to that. Just have two conferences that get together and say, oh, we're going to have a championship. Well, here. and, I mean, you have a quarterfinal in your conference, and boom, the two champions from there meet up for a national championship. Thanks to the crew at Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Josh Tucker does a great job. For all of your roofing needs, uh, call them at 405-703-4245. Josh, have a great four-day weekend, man. Hey, you too, buddy. Happy fourth to you. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. Stick around. Steelman and Thune at noon are coming up next with more on the story that broke right in the middle of their show. Plank Show uh, never stops on Twitter at, at Plank Show, at Josh on Ref at KREF Sports.